We're back. One, two, one, two. What is this? This is the Isaiah K Podcast. We're back. Fully loaded. We're back. We're ready. Back from LA. Give you guys a good episode. The Cowboys. We got some Cowboy talk. Some Brown. We got some football talk. Cowboys and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Brown with the Browns. Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs. We got a lot to unpack. Um, want to congratulate the U.S. women's soccer team. I forgot to congratulate them on my previous podcasts where they had advanced and advanced and then eventually won the championship. So I want to congratulate them on doing that great accomplishment. Um, and we're going to start with the Cowboys. We're going to start with the Cowboys and Zeke. Um, you know, why not? It's America's team. Why not? Why not start with the Cowboys? If we're going to start with football talk, and this is our first, like, football conversation, why not start with the Cowboys? And I know you're like, ah, oh, the Cowboys, you love to hate them. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think. you like, oh, you like the Cowboys. I don't care. Um, Cowboys is America's team. <laughs> Usually every Sunday. Where you tune into the America's game of the week, the Cowboys are usually featured in that game, and you watch it. And you watch it. <clears throat> you watch those games. So we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Um, Zeke. Zeke has said that he, re- he wants a long term contract. We know the Cowboys have been, since the season has started, there's been talks of Dak. In his contract situation, but Zeke, week ago, uh, just about a week ago, came out about his contract dispute about how he wants a long-term deal before he returns to training camp, even though he has two more years left on his deal. You look at the track record of Zeke as far as off the field, he it's usually something with him when he first got in the league with the domestic violence. Or the second off season, he DUIs and uh, and the party incidents, and then now from this off season, he had the concert incident. wasn't as serious. I think the league, um, going going all the way back to that domestic violence case, I think the league has had a target on the Cowboys. The owners has had a target on the Cowboys. Um, I think they, I think the league mishandled that situation very poorly um, with that domestic violence dispute. In case uh, Zeke was, I mean, I can go. I, I remember telling stories about this thing and how it, it was totally misread. Uh, the lady, the the alleged victim, had. Two different stories, two different soliloquies on how and what happened with her and Zeke, and how what, what the relationship was. It it is what it is. Um, I look at so I look at this. It's always something with Zeke in the off season, off the field. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's great on the field. Um, but I look at him, and he wants a contract extension, two years into his deal and he has two more years left on his deal. 
Not so sure if I would give that to him. Um, I think he's probably most he's probably the most valuable cowboy. I give you that. Um, even though I think Zeke's value to the Cowboys, I think is a little overrated, or or it's over it's over like said by others around the league and people around the game. I think it's over. I think it's overrated a little bit, and I tell you why. But there is he. You you gotta admit he is the most valuable cowboy. He has the most yards. He's had he's had the most rushing yards since he's entered the league in 2016. The Cowboys have the most. The Cowboys get this. The Cowboys have the most wins out of N- out of N- out of any NFC team since Dak and Zeke has entered the league. They win about 70 percent of their games when Zeke is on the field. So his value is very high, but I think it's overstated. It's overrated. And I tell you this, uh, I look at examples like Jared Goff last year in the Rams. Uh, people tend to say, yeah, Jared Goff is uh, really reliant on Todd Gurley. Much like people say Dak is reliant on Zeke. I think Dak and Zeke, uh, I think Dak and Zeke are, I, I think you still got to work out some things with Dak and his quarterback um, tooling, uh, maybe this offensive coordinator change could make that change, or that, or this can lead to Dak making strides in these particular area, particular areas such as ball, such as ball control, because he had a lot of fumbles last year. I think he led the league in fumbles among quarterbacks last year. So I look at that, um, but. I think it. I don't know about the Zeke situation. This this is a tough Zeke situation because running backs they come in a dime a dozen. Running backs, even the best, uh, Le'Veon Bell, for years, he did not get paid, and he had to leave. He had to force his way out of Pittsburgh. He had to leave Pittsburgh, forced the issue, didn't have to, and missed a year, and had to leave and go to the Jets to get paid. Um, this is tough. Because Zeke is, like I said, he's he's probably the most viable cowboy, but I I don't think the margin is as wide as 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 people make it or out make it out to be. Uh, I think Dak. I think Dak. If you take away Zeke, I think Dak will begin to have some toolage. He, I think he'll start to grow and stride as a quarterback that's not as reliant on Zeke. Um, I think that you, I think, I don't know if you trade Zeke, I don't know, because he's such a big part, but I think the Cowboys should want to consider trading Zeke, and I tell you why, here here you go, and it's so funny how we mentioned the importance of an offensive line to a team success or a playoff team success, it's so funny how we mentioned offensive lines, offensive lines, and linemen, but when we're, when when what we're talking about when we're discussing Zeke's uh, success on the field, we very rarely bring up the Cowboys' offensive line. The Cowboys' offensive line has been great for the past five five to six years. Their offensive line has been probably the best from the lat from a span from six from six years ago to now. 
the Cowboys have probably had the best offensive line in the league. And I think I find it very funny that we bring up the importance of an offensive line and we say offensive linemen are important and you need an offensive line to do this and do that. But when we're talking about Zeke's success, we don't talk about the Cowboys' offensive line and how great it's been. DeMarco Murray had a career year behind that offensive line. Darren McFadden had a career bounce-back year behind that offensive line. I think we tend to forget that the Cowboys' offensive line is great. And yeah, it, it, you know, it has its injuries and you get you, guys getting older, you got to start paying it more. And these guys get these contracts, give it contracts. But just, I think, I think according to Pro Football Focus or to New York Times, they came up with the top 10 best players in the league. And um, I, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about that list a little bit more as well too because I saw Drew Brees at number three. I, I like Drew, but I don't think he's number three. And then guess who rounded up at seven? Tyron Smith, left tackle for the for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if he's the seventh best player in the league, but it just shows you how high or how important offensive offensive linemen are in the league. And it's just funny and crazy how we talk about how good Zeke is and he's this and he's that and he's all of that, but we don't talk about the Cowboys' offensive line. The Cowboys' offensive line has been the best in the last five years. We don't talk about, we don't talk about, we, I mean, we talk about Tomlin Smith. We don't talk about big loss last year, Frederick Douglas, I mean, Frederick Douglas. Uh, Frederick. We don't talk about we don't talk about the loss from Frederick last year in the center controlling the center. They had Doug Free his rookie year. Doug Free was kind of like the lone wolf, the weak you know the weakest link on that line, but he was still good. Um, Martin Zach Martin. We don't we don't talk about the. I mean we talk about him here and there, but when we're talking about Zeke's success, these guys do not come up, and that's a problem. That's a problem. These guys do not come up when we're talking about Zeke's success. Another thing with Zeke. Uh, coming in, coming out of the draft, you know, the Cowboys, when people were expecting the Cowboys to pick Joey Bosa, but they went on and picked Zeke at four, and they took a lot of heat for that, picking Zeke at four and not Joey Bosa. Um, the, Chargers, the Chargers would get... Joey Bosa, but coming out uh, first year, Zeke's dad admitted he was like Zeke is immature. Zeke is wildly immature, and when you give, and I always say this, and this is my problem with, and it's NFL and basketball and, and NBA. It's a problem in the NFL and the NBA. You give these young guys a lot of young money. You give these young guys a lot of big money. You give these guys big money. Some of them, now, you, the, it's very rare when some of them are like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, by the way, is one of my favorite quarterbacks. But it's very rare. It's very rare when you give one of these big, you give these young stars these these big contracts that they're able to handle it and, and handle it and they're mature. Let alone get drafted at a high, you know, he's a Zeke was a top four pick. So I look at that and, you know, he's a young guy. He's a young guy who that 
I mean, we saw and we're still seeing because of his incidents this offseason a couple weeks ago with the with the concert incident and the dude, some guy. It, it just shows you the, the immature of Zeke, and Zeke is in his 20s now. And this is my thing with John Wall. This is my thing with John Wall. This is my thing. That was this is my thing with Derrick Rose. This is my thing with Blake. You guys told me they was going to change the league. John Wall's going to change the league. Blake Griffin's going to change the league. Derrick Rose going to change the league. Yeah, Derrick Rose had every year MVP season one year. Okay, and the injuries may have led to his sudden decline, but these guys were immature. Dwight Howard, you told me he was going to change the league. He left Orlando. That was the worst career decision that he made. And then ever since then, he left Orlando. Game went down. He joined Kobe. Down. He joined the Rockets and Harden. Down. And then, like, I'm not I'm not even sure if Dwight is a Hall of Famer anymore. I don't think he is. You look at you look at his prime years in Orlando. If he was able to probably carry that with the Lakers in Houston, it'd probably be a different story, but he didn't. But this is what happens when you give young guys this big money. And I look at Le'Veon Bell as an example. I look at John Wall as an example. John Wall, I, I've been very critical of John Wall, and the reason why I haven't been speaking on John Wall as much because it's nothing to speak on him right now. He's hurt. He's banged up. He doesn't have a jump shot. He's and and the, and the Wizards are overpaying him. And if I was and Bradley Bill, got to make a tough decision that's coming up. But I talk about that as, as well. John Wall, wildly immature. It takes him a few years. He gets in his his mid to late twenties. I mean, you can't just be, you can't just come into the league and be immature and, you know, a few years later, hey, oh, I'm the most mature person in the room. No, it don't work like that. Usually when you're immature, as time go on, you do gain maturity, but you don't become the maturest. <laughs> you don't, you don't gain, you don't gain the maturest. You don't you don't you don't you don't gain you don't get to that plateau if you're if you're not already mature. If you're immature and you think you can become the maturest, no you're not. So I take that in so I look at Zeke's off the field encounters, his immaturity coming in, coming into the league and now I mean hey another this is another off season where we had another Ezekiel Elliott Incident, so maturity issues or lack thereof of immature. Um, I look at then I look at how his success. We talk about Zeke and he's great, and he's led the league in rushing. He's he's the league's leading rusher since 2016. But you must admit the the, the Cowboys' O line is the best O line and the best O line last five years. They've had the best O line the last five years, so uh, and, you know. I, and plus, when you know when you're in, and this is every, this is every, this is everybody go to with Zeke. This is everybody's go to in the Zeke argument. Zeke 
he, Zeke, when Zeke is in the game and on the field, Zeke forces uh, opponents of uh, opponents defense to bring in eight guys in a box. Which, of course, if you bring in eight guys in a box, it makes it much easier for Dak, and it opens up the passing lane. Basically, when a, a running back is able to attract eight men in the box, a eight men box, a eight man box, it it usually open up opens up the passing lane for quarterbacks. And in this case, everybody goes to, oh, Zeke forces, he forces the opponent's defense to bring in eight guys in the box. You know, which leaves three other defenders, right? Well, according to advanced stats, and we know we talk analytics on basketball, we talk analytics on baseball, here goes some analytical football stats. 24% 24% of the time, when Zeke is on the field, he, 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 he brings an eight-man box. You know what that ranks in the league among running backs? 164. So when people give me that, oh, Zeke, he forces eight men in the box when he's out there with that. He doesn't. He very, that very, that very, the Cowboys very rarely see that look. He doesn't. Okay? So I look at that. Zeke's production on the field. We don't talk about the offensive line. Then, immaturity, off the field issues. Do you really want to pay Zeke all that money? Do you, wanna, do you really want to pay him that? And then I look at the Melvin Gordon situation. Uh, he's like, oh, I want, I want big time money like Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's a lot of running backs. When we're discussing top running backs, there's a lot of running backs that come to mind before Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon's great. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's he had a good season last year. Do not get me wrong. He had a great season last year. But Melvin Gordon, there's about Five to seven guys that you think of when you talking about top running backs before you even say Melvin Gordon name. So for him to want to think that he should get paid a certain dollar amount like Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, he might want to slow down. And I'm not here to discuss people money, but he might want to slow down about that. I mean, he's he's just not in that class. He's not in that caliber. I could name probably I could probably name five running backs that are better than Le'Veon. I mean, that are better than Melvin Gordon right now. Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, Saquon, McCaffrey. Sean McCoy. Like it's a lot of running backs that's better than Melvin Gordon. So to think he's gonna get that money, no. No, you're not. And you look at what happens when you pay these running, these top running backs all this money. Todd Gurley, you pay him money. Hurt. LaShawn McCoy, you pay him money. Hurt. And then if you look at, if okay, if the Cowboys pay Zeke, say the Cowboys pay Zeke, how they going to pay Amari Cooper? And we talk about, we bring up the importance on how important the offensive line is. That, 
I mean, besides Brady and, you know, with Brady being great and Belichick being great himself, with them, the key, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the key in determining factors to this Patriots dynasty is Brady don't get hit. Look at their three Super Bowl losses. How did they lose to Philly? Brady got sacked and fumbled. How did he lose the two times to the Giants? The Giants' defensive line dominated the Patriots' offensive line. Atlanta, when Brady came back, Atlanta was crushing Brady in the first half. Brady came back in the second half. He didn't get touched. Offensive lines is key. Even, even the great Tom Brady can be a little... Can, he's no exception. He can be exposed to a bad offensive line at times, even the great Tom Brady. So if you pay Zeke, you got to pay all these offensive linemen. You got to pay, you got to pay, you got to restructure some guys' contract. You got to pay your linebackers. They got young, the Cowboys have young star linebackers. Jalen Smith, Vanderish, those guys, those guys are studs. You got to pay Amari Cooper. You got to pay Dak. It's a lot of guys you got to pay. It's a lot of guys you gotta pay. I mean, you know, you you know, you can't win in, in this league without a quarterback. You you can only go so far if you. I mean, come on, don't so don't give me that. Don't give me that talk. You know, you can only win in this league. I mean, come on, you can only win so many games in this league without a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying Dak is worth thirty million dollars. I'm not saying Dak is a top ten or top five quarterback, but. Guess who? Guess who has the most wins out of any out of any NFC quarterback in the NFC? Guess how? Guess who has the most wins since 2016 out of any quarterback in the NFC? Well, let's see. You got Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky. It's a lot of good quarterbacks, right? Cam Newton. Kirk Cousins, like uh, you, got, you got a lot of good quarterbacks. Guess who has the most wins? Dak Prescott. Out of all those quarterbacks I just named, Dak Prescott since 2016 have the most have have more, more wins than all of those quarterbacks since he's entered the league. He has the most wins. I just named Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. Mitch Trubisky, I didn't name all these quarterbacks. Dak has more wins than all of them in the last three seasons. He has more. He has more wins than all of them. So when you tell me, "Hey, Dak is not this. Hey, Dak is not that," I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against him. First year, thirteen and three. Second year, he had a banged up offensive line. Zeke missed uh, six games, a good portion of the season. Still went nine and seven. Still, one went away from ten win from a ten win season with all of that. Then last year they got to the playoffs, ten and six. They got to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. You guys, you you guys keep trying to give me this Dak mess. It's not gonna work. So I look at Zeke. Who do you pay? I I I don't know. Me honestly, if I'm the Cowboys, I know it might sound ridiculous. I know it might sound crazy, but to all the reasons I just gave you. You might want to trade Zeke. It's what Jimmy Johnson did when Jimmy John, when Jerry Jones bought. And this is this. I hate to bring up these times in Dallas, but when Jerry, when Jerry Jones 
first bought the Cowboys in 1989, 1988, 1989, when he bought them for about $160 million. He had fired legendary coach Tom Landry. He had brung in his former college teammate, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, the total reboot. He, tra- he, tra- he traded all his good players. The Cowboys did suck for one season. Then they would acquire numerous picks. They would, these picks would then lead to drafting Troy Aikman, drafting Michael Irvin, drafting Emmitt Smith, drafting all of, these le- all of these legendary Cowboys. Jimmy gets there. Jimmy, Jimmy trades Hershey Walker. He, he, he acquires an abundance of picks. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying you automatically do it, but, hey, the cow, it's in the Cowboys track record. It's in the Cowboys track record. 40 years ago, in 1989, 30, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys, fired Tom Landry, hired Jimmy Johnson, his college teammate. Jimmy Johnson then does a total reboot. I mean, isn't that what what the league is about? Moving off, you have a good young player, too expensive. You move off them, so you're gonna acquire the abundance of picks. I'm just saying. I mean, and I know you know you're like, oh, what about Dak? Dak has one of the best offensive lines in the league. He has Amari Cooper now. He has one of the best defenses in the league. Running backs coming a dime and a dozen. Running backs coming a dime and a dozen. Why can't they move off of Zeke? I don't know. I, I, it's just an idea. You trade Zeke. You get picks. You, 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 you take the highest bid. You get picks. I mean... And, and and don't don't like and, and I know I said picks are irrelevant in NBA because they are. After in the NBA draft in the lottery, after usually usually in a regular draft, if the draft is not loaded, in a regular draft, after you after the number four pick, usually it's just raw talented prospects. They're all raw, and it's going to take a few years to develop them. You in the NFL draft, there's an there's an abundance of players. There's always good football players. There's always good football players. There's always good football players. There's an abundance of picks. So don't give me the oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it's gonna work out. How many you, you get all these picks? So what? So what? You use them. You use them. You can acquire. You you acquire. You acquire a lot of value. I, I like acquiring picks for the, in the NFL. I like that. That whole NBA thing with the picks, they usually don't work out. You have to really like strike gold to say, oh, this pick worked out. You have to like, you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to strike gold to, to say these picks worked out. Like the OKC thing. Okay, so what? They got a lot of picks. They're going to suck for a long time. Those picks are from the Clippers. Most of those, some of those picks are from the Clippers. 
the Clippers are not going to be bad. So those picks are like irrelevant, and they're going to have to really do their scouting, and they got to str- and they got to pray to to God Himself that these picks strike gold, and they 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 strike gold like the Lakers did with Kyle Kuzma. That barely happens. In the NFL, that happens every year. You always that happens every year with a, numerous of players where they get drafted late. Dak is one of the examples. They get drafted late. They sh- they show shines in the regulars in the preseason. Then you throw them out there in the regular season. They 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 play well. There's always an abundance of good football players. So I'm not saying the the, the Cowboys should uh, you know do it automatically, but you take into account it's immaturity, offseason issues, on the field success. And on the physical sex is great, but we don't mention the offensive line nearly enough. I think you may make a move and trade Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to get to the Browns next. I'm back. Um, we're going to talk about the Browns. The Browns be getting a lot of clicks. They, um, they be getting, they've been in the media a lot. They've been talking a lot. They have a lot of expressive players. And... We, they're they're going to be a big talk in football this year. Um, the Browns with the big Od- Odell Beckham trade. Um, you look at the type of season they had last year. Uh, surprisingly, Baker Mayfield had a great season. Um, you add that with Jarvis Landry, the uh, tight end Najoku. I think I, I think I pronounced that correctly. Najoku, who played well. Uh, they got Nick Chubb. They got they added Kareem Hunt. O line is okay, and they have studs on defense. Um, now, with Olivier Vernon and Miles Jack on both sides, so Cleveland is, they have a very good roster. Cleveland has, Cleveland has one of the best rosters in football. Um, I need all the Cleveland fans. I know, you know, it's been a tough transition for you guys. It's turned into a, more of a football town now. The I want to say the Browns have always been loved and beloved in in um Cleveland. They always have been, but it's been some tough years. Um, y'all need to calm the hell down. Y'all y'all you seriously all the Brown lovers, all the people that got that pom poms out for the Browns, please calm down. Let's let's get through let's get through September and October first. Because I, I looked at their schedule. I looked at their schedule. The Brown schedule. I looked at it. Uh, it's it, it's very light on the back end, which is good. Like, after November or the, those games in November or post-Thanksgiving, the Browns going to have an easy stretch where they can pull off a win streak. But... I need people to pump the brakes on the Cleveland Browns right now. Pump the brakes. It is it it let's 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 calm down. Let's calm down. Everybody are now Browns fans. Let's calm down. I need everybody to calm down on the Browns. Um so I'm looking at the Browns like first few games. Like September, October is going to be a tough stretch for them, and I'm looking at and you know they got New England, and they got the Rams, they got the Ravens, they got San Francisco, they got the Seahawks. They got some tough games. Um, 
I think the Browns, with all this anticipated hype, they better be good. I mean, the way how people are hyping them up, and I know you, I know they're excited because they got Jarvis Landry, they got Odell Beckham, they have they got Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield coming back off of one of the probably best, one of the best rookie years ever. Then you you take it into account the defense. Let's be let let's slow down. I think and uh, let's slow down. I, I think the Browns. I'm gonna get. I, I I I'm not gonna make my NFL preseason. I'm not gonna make my NFL predictions yet. As far as who won the divisions and records yet, I'm not gonna do that quite yet. I'm gonna wait to. I'm gonna wait closer to September to do that. But. Many many tend to believe that the Browns will win the NFC North. I, I me personally, I think they will, but um, that's not that is not my final prediction yet. I'm gonna say that that's not my final prediction yet. I'm gonna give you my prediction on these records and the who wins the division, who gets to the playoffs, and stuff as such. I'm gonna give you that close to September, but I need everybody. From the Bands Browns from like from the Browns bandwagon to the Dog Pound to diehard Cleveland Brown fan, I need everybody to pump the brakes. And I understand the excitement in the city, but pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes on this. You guys getting to the Super Bowl? Let's let's pump it down. Let's let's tone that down. Um, I want to get. I want to break down a few things with the Browns. I want to first get to their schedule. Their schedule in January. I want to get to their schedule. Uh, not in January. I'm sorry. I'm what I'm talking about. I want to get to their schedule in the beginning months of the season. Tennessee, mind you, Tennessee is a consistent winning team for the last three years. They have won. They won. Not, they went nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven. I know you guys are like, oh, they went nine and seven. So what? Who cares? Well, Tennessee, the year before last, they went to the playoffs. They beat Kansas City and Alex Smith at Arrowhead with Marcus Mariota. Kansas, I mean Kansas City. Tennessee has a really. They have a really good track record of beating really good teams. Last year they beat all in one year. They all they beat New England, Philadelphia, and Dallas. They beat. They were. They were. Those were games that they were tough and they didn't really have the edge. They beat New England, Philly, and Dallas last year. They, Tennessee is proven to me that they can beat good teams. Before this year, before last year, the Browns were too busy going 0-16. They haven't beat a good team. They don't they haven't beaten good teams. Even with that stretch they went on last year, they didn't beat any playoff teams. They didn't beat no playoff teams. Tennessee has proven to me that they can beat ten, they can play, they can beat playoff teams. Tennessee, they're quiet. They're quiet. They're, they're not saying nothing. They're not saying nothing about the Browns. The Browns are doing all this chirping. The Browns are doing all they're taking all these media, uh, all the media attention they can get, they're taking it. Um I, I so I look at the I look at Tennessee in that game. I don't know if that's a W. I'm willing to bet that that is not a W. That's going to be a tough game. Cleveland, they went on the road. They're going to—I mean, Tennessee—they—they're going on the road to Cleveland. That is going to be an interesting Week One matchup because 
that many Browns fans is looking at this schedule and they're like, oh, this this early part of the schedule, and they're like, ah, oh, I don't know. I do know this this, this, this schedule. I hate to break it to the Browns fans, but this is going to be a tough schedule. This is going to be a tough schedule. This is going to be a tough schedule. Um, this is going to be a tough little schedule. I'm telling you, do not, if you're looking for it, and I'm telling you this from for now. I'm telling you this in advance from all the way to September. Watch out. The game that you might want to bet on, we coming out of week one. If you uh, if you're one of those betters and you're a heavy better and you like the bet, I'm telling you, bet on this game. Tennessee going to Cleveland and beating the Browns week one. Tennessee, Tennessee, they have a tendency. They have a tendency. Tennessee has a tendency of beating good teams. They did it three times last year. They beat and they beat three playoff, three good playoff teams. I'm telling you, and the Browns, they haven't shown me they can win playoff games. Like, come on. Uh, like, they got a first year. Come on. So, I, I, I look at that. I'm telling you. Trust me on this one. You're a heavy better. Don't uh, Bet Tennessee going to Cleveland, beating the Browns. Bet Tennessee going to Cleveland, beating the Browns. Bet that. Bet that. Um, I look at the Browns, first year head coach, he has a lot to show me, <laughs> I'm sorry, he ha- you guys have a first year head coach, you have a first year coach, I have to see how it goes, I mean, you guys with a first year head coach, with deal wide receivers, with, I don't know if you call it egotistical, pack, uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't like, and you gotta. I mean, you, don't get me wrong. The Browns have a great roster, but all of this chirping about how they're gonna do this and do that, and they're ready to take on these opponents. Good teams just go out there and do it. The good teams in NFL just go out there and do it. The Patriots don't do the talking; they go out there and do it. So this Browns thing, it could be good, but don't be surprised if it's a disaster. And I, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster because I think the Browns are going to be good this year. But so, I don't know if they're going to be Super Bowl good. I don't know if they're going to be AFC Championship good. I gotta wait to see them actually play. <laughs> it, 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 am I wrong by saying I have to see the Browns actually play before? I can say they're Super Bowl contenders. Am I wrong by any stretch? I don't think so. I think the only guarantee, like as far as team success, and that's with, barring any injuries, of course. Like the pa- the Patriots are the only team in the league that can say, "Oh, we, you know, we good. We 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 gonna do this and do. We gonna do this and do that." They're not gonna do that because good teams don't do that. But Am I wrong for actually saying, hey, let's slow down on the Browns? Can they play a game first? Like, they haven't even played a meaningful regular season game yet. Can we see 
Can we see them play? Am I wrong by saying that? Can we see these teams play? So, huh, okay. That's done. I look at week two. They got to go to New York at the Jets. That can be a tough game. Monday night football. New, new, new uniforms. New look roster. Le'Veon Bell. We can see how that goes. I, I probably give the Browns that W. The Rams. Sunday night football. And plus, you can, see, you can be seeing Cleveland a lot of primetime games as well. Sunday night football against the Rams. That's going to be tough. Then you got, a, you got your first division game at Baltimore, week four, going against the Ravens. That's going to be a tough game. Monday night football at San Francisco against the Niners. That's going to be a tough game with Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, hopefully. <laughs> week six, you, got, you, got, you, have, you have Seattle coming into town, Pete Kerr, Russell Wilson. You have them coming into town. They all, they're always good. You got to buy week, week seven. Then you have New England, 425. That's probably going to be a primetime game on CBS at New England. Then you got at Denver. Then you have Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh. And then this is where it starts, like right after Denver, that's when the schedule, after week nine, that's when the schedule really lightens up for Cleveland. But... Cleveland's gonna have to be they're gonna have to be real careful to not lose too many of these games so they can stay in the playoff hunt. Um like this Tennessee game, that could be a, a loss. That Rams game could be a loss, that Ravens game could be a loss, that Seattle game could be a loss. That's four losses already. Not to mention Denver and New England. That's six losses already. Hope, gr- thankfully and gratefully. Going into week 10, they got Buffalo, they got Pittsburgh, Miami. And I'm not saying, like, don't get, like, I think they can easily lose a game to Pittsburgh this year. Cincinnati, the Cardinals, right? It, 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 it lightens up. It, it definitely lightens in Cincinnati in, in the season. It definitely lightens up. The schedule lightens up. Oh, I didn't even see it. The Colts. Oh, that was, that's preseason. Oh, my bad. But. The schedule really lightens up. Uh, I I just want to say, let's can we slow and pump down? Can we slow down and pump our brakes on this Cleveland Brown thing? I think they're going to be good, but please, can we slow down on it? And can we actually see them play one football game, <laughs> one regular season football game? Can we see that? Like, we only have fifty days left. Can we see it? Um, on to Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis, this, and this is gonna be our last segment. Um, not a light week, but somewhat of a light week. We're trying, we're slowly transitioning to football, but I'm gonna bring it back to basketball. Uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony, I, I told you guys he got it. So he inter- he introduced himself, or the Lakers did their little introduction, um, uh, with Anthony Davis, and the trade is finally official. Um, and I and. When when they were in L.A., I actually just landed in L.A. and I was there. I wasn't there in presence to see the the meeting or the introduction, but I was in the city while the introduction was happening. Um, and I just want to say, 
Anthony Davis to like the casual NBA fan, and I know, you know, that the casual NBA fan that just watch the games that come on t- television and don't really like keep up, keep up with the league. Anthony Davis, I'm saying it right now. Anthony Davis is the best player in American sports that you never seen play. Anthony Davis easily has the he not easily, but he does have the talent to be a top five player in his league, and many will argue that he is. He has the he has the talent and skill set to be a the best player in the league. And he has the talent and skill set to be the greatest power four of all time. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. I I meant I mean that. I'm not just saying that. He has he ha he has the the ability to be the best, the greatest power four of all time. Anthony Davis is the greatest he's the best player and he's the best American athlete that you never seen play. He's gonna he, he doesn't he didn't come on television in New Orleans. New Orleans wasn't good for most of the years. When you did see him, it was in the postseason. He played phenomenal in those postseason, uh, in those postseason trips. I'm telling you, I think Anthony Davis is gonna have an MVP type season next year. And let's go into MVP. And the Lakers are gonna be good next year. Anthony Davis is gonna be good. I expect him to be straight. Let's go into MVP odds because I saw MVP odds come out this like this week actually. Yeah, this this week. This past week. Uh, Giannis topped off the list. Then, surprisingly, Steph Curry was number two. And then LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, had all had the, all three had the same odds. Um, I can see why Giannis is up there. He's the reigning MVP. The league, he's the reigning league MVP. But I found it very interesting that Steph Curry was second in, in the odds for the winning of MVP next year. I think for him to win MVP next year, I think he'll have to have a phenomenal season. He'll have to have a season like he had that year when they went seventy-three and nine, and he averaged about thirty. He was he was averaged about twenty-six or thirty points per game that year. He had a lot of threes, of course. They were really dominant. I think not saying they're gonna go seventy-three now, but they're gonna have to be a, like a top three team in the West if Curry wants to see an MVP. Um, LeBron and AD, I think if one of the, if the Lakers are the best team in the West, they got the best record in the West, they got the number one overall seed in the league, I think if all of that goes down, I think one of the one of the Laker dynamic duo, I think one of those guys get it, even LeBron or AD. If LeBron is able to play about 68 to 72 games next year, and you know he averages twenty seven seven and seven that he gets in his sleep. Um, I think he can win MVP next year or Anthony Davis. Um, so I look at that. Uh, so I'm looking, I'm taking all this into account. My MVP for next year, I think it's going to be one of the Lakers. I think the Lakers going to be the best team in the West. I think the Clippers are going to struggle a little bit due to Paul George's health and the surgery that he's going to be recovering from. I think Anthony Davis or LeBron James wins MVP next year. Um, Because I think the Lakers are going to be the best team in the league next year. 
uh, or have the best record in the West next year. So that's my take. Uh, MVP odds. We're going to have more football. We're going to have more in-depth. Trust me, we're going to have more in-depth football conversations in the next coming podcasts. This is good. I'm glad to be back. I know I might probably sound a little rusty. I'm sorry. I'm coming off a seven, what, seven day, eight day um, vacation. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) My bad. This will be uploaded to Spotify. I'm going to make sure that you guys, you know, make sure you keep me, keep me in your prayers. Um, you know where to find me. I've been, even though I was on vacation, I still give you guys updates on and news and breaking news on the NFL, NBA, contract talks. Um, we'll talk more about Bradley Bill next week since his decision has to be made by next Wednesday, I think. Um, so, or no, today's the twenty. Friday, next Friday. Uh, so, uh, we'll talk more about that. Um, thank you guys for listening, and I'm out. <clears throat>